Good and welcome to the Texas Hill Country Market Update brought to you by the Texas Hill Country Advisors. That'd be myself, Andrew Gay, and my little business partner, Gilbert Pies. Hello, Gilbert. How we doing? Hello there, Andrew. I'm good today. Thank you. Good, good. Yeah, so uh, we, it's about 3.30 in beautiful Kerrville, Texas, here in the Texas Hill Country. The markets just closed um, for the day, for Monday. I was going to say, why the heck are we doing the show so early today? Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, well, it's getting dark earlier, so we're yeah, trying and, to keep uh, up with the calendar and uh, Gilbert can't see too good at night, so we got to get out of here early. That's right. That's right. That's excusable. That's acceptable. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, you don't want me driving on the road at, uh, after dark. Too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we closed the down day. I can't even talk. We closed the day down today in the markets, but we had a positive week last week, and we got some economic data slated uh, for this week. So we're going to run over that with you guys. So uh, let's jump right in. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC, Texas Hill Country Advisors, is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Andrew Gay, Gilbert Pies, and Texas Hill Country Advisors, and not those of Next Financial Group. The S&P 500 is a market cap-weighted index composed of common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Let's look at where we ended up last, uh, as of last Friday. So where did we start the week off this morning? The S&P, uh, so this is for the major three stock indexes. The S&P 500 closed at 4,026. That's a year-to-date number of negative 14.3%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at 34,347. That's a year-to-date performance number of negative 3.7%. The NASDAQ Closed at 11,226. That is year to date negative 27.7%. Of course, this is from uh, our friends at Franklin Templeton. And so you can see right there, like we just like the breakdown here because the the week is listed next to the year to date. So you can clearly see that we had a positive week last week for the major three stock indexes. Um, and it's really, we were just talking about this last week also uh, on the show about how crazy it is that the Dow Jones is actually, now it's under. Now it's under 5%. It's only down 3.7% year to date. Um, and that is just wacky to think about considering where we were in the summer. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's where we started the day today. And fortunately, we closed down today. So <laughs> we, we had a, a bit of a beating in the markets today. So. It was a good old-fashioned butt kicking. It was. What it was. It was. Do you want to add anything to that before I move well, on? Well, you know, uh, we, we'll focus on the positive and talk about next week. But I, I like it. I, there you go. I'll, I'll say this, that. Today was about uh, some negative headlines that came out of China. There's some protesting going on that was very unexpected, I think, regarding COVID lockdowns that they're still having over there. And, you know, that's caused kind of a ripple effect. I, I think what what is fair to say is that there's a lot of companies that depend on manufacturing in China. Uh, Apple's a fine example of that. They've even announced that because of some of the COVID lockdowns that are still going on over there, they are uh, seeing longer and longer delays for manufacturing or production of their iPhone 14. Right. Um, and so, you know, the the concern is, I think the market rightfully is concerned that if these protests turn into something bigger or last much longer, it could put a crimp on 
supplies, which would not be a good thing because that means inflation might uh, still be a problem. And which has already had its own struggle right. year with supply chains. Right. So so right. there's some concern there. And I think the market, like they normally do, they, they tend to overreact a little bit before they know the whole story. And so that, that's why we got a bit of a butt kicking. But like I said, let's let's focus on last week. That was really good considering it was a holiday shortened week. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we'll see if we get the good old, you mentioned this last week, but the good old uh, Santa Claus rally. We'll have to see if that's still <laughs> in play or not. I to be determined. Santa. I believe in Santa. I believe I in Santa Claus rally. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, that's funny. Santa's coming. Santa, <laughs> Santa's coming to rescue all the investors, U.S. investors. Oh, right? man. That's so funny. Um, unless you're in crypto. If you're in crypto, then you got a lump of coal in your stock. Yeah, and you're right. going to get a lump of coal. Dude, can you imagine? I can only imagine if you're like, you've had the skills to be able to audio edit stuff you could probably edit good old christmas songs and that's <laughs> right. hilarious santa's is coming to town for the for the investor yeah and, no, and, we'll and there, of course the main reason i say santa's coming to town is because we're hoping that over the next few weeks we get some good information good data from the fed this week we've got some unemployment data coming in on friday and then as we talked about on the show last week on the 13th we're getting some cpi data inflation data for the month of november and then the following day on the 14th of December, we should get a, a decision from the Fed about what they're going to do with interest rates. And the, the hope is, cross your fingers, um, cross your eyes, cross your feet, cross your toes, whatever you can cross, is that the Feds, even though we expect them to raise interest rates, will hopefully just raise rates by about 50 basis points or half a percent instead of the three quarters percent that they have been doing. Um, that That's really what we're hoping for. And if those things come to pass, we're, we're thinking and hoping that December will be a good month for investors to close out the year. Yeah, you can see right there, if you just look on the left side of the screen there that I have pulled up, there's two red highlighted points kind of in the middle of the top of the screen and the middle bottom of the screen, there's two more. And that is Tuesday, December 13th and Wednesday, December 14th, exactly what Gilbert was just mentioning about we get the headline inflation number uh, on Tuesday, December 13th. As, and then Wednesday, the very next day, we get the Fed meeting uh, interest rate decision about them raising rates. So, uh, and then you can see on the right side there that we did get a nice little kicking in the teeth today in the market. <laughs> so everything's red. It's got a nice little slope to it. So um, we'll have to see how that plays out with the rest of the week in combination with this data. Yes, yes. Uh, and, then, and then, like I said, if um, some of that data comes out to be positive force or what we expect it to be, then you know, hopefully we'll get get a nice good end of year rally. And uh, but if if things are wrong, if if some of that data comes in hotter than expected, we may all be getting a little cold. And it, it it may be a pretty rough uh, December. But the the thinking is that all the work the Fed has done earlier this year, since the summertime, to put a lid on inflation by raising interest rates uh, pretty aggressively, I would I would say. Yeah, uh, that that maybe some of that work is starting to pay off, and we should see a slowdown in job growth. Um, in fact, we would expect the unemployment rate to tick up a little bit, uh, and then we would also expect for inflation to cool off. Proven through CPI number, CPI data that comes in not only headline but but more importantly core CPI. Yes, um, which of course CPI is a consumer price index. We would expect those things to have cooled off. The Feds has said as much that they think that's happening, and they would expect that uh, they could ease up a bit 
And so the, the hope is that that's what they do. Right. And speaking of that, let's see, this is a, this is a great segue. This is what we got on the agenda this week. So because uh, we mentioned the 13th and 14th of December. So mid of, middle of December is going to be a big economic uh, to do as far as the markets are concerned. But leading up to that, we'll have data trickle in until then to kind of give us a read on where the other pieces of the puzzle, the economic puzzle fall. And this week in particular, we got several things coming up. So Wednesday, we get ADP employment change. Of course, ADP is the big uh, payroll company. So this number is tracked. It's not as it's not watched as closely as what we're going to get Friday. And we'll get there in just a second. But it is some kind of uh, labor market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Data point um, to watch. So and then we get a, um, the growth rate uh, for GDP. And I believe that's a revision. Um, so sometimes that's those, those come in, but they they can either have weight or not. But most of the time, not, this is going to be this whole week is going to be more about the labor market and the, the data points that come in there. Uh, and then, of course, later Wednesday, we get a speech from Fed Chair Jerome Powell. So we'll be watching that just like we were the last time he speak. Every time he speaks, frankly, this year, markets are watching that to see if he mentions anything, answers any questions about softening another rate hike cycle. Thursday, we get personal spending uh, in numbers that come in, and that's important because the U.S. consumer, that's been all the hype this weekend too, other than the COVID zero lockdown protest in China has been, was their strength in Black Friday this past year? You know, when we're sitting in the middle of Cyber Monday today, so we'll have to see how that plays out as the data trickles in. But as we are starting the show, there was actually a story going on on Bloomberg on our front TV out there that they were talking about that. Um, so we'll just have to see how the U.S. consumer consent continues to spend their money. And of course, last week, if you remember, you watched the show, we talked about durable goods. That's kind of in the same bucket, too. There, I think there's some business expenditures that go into durable goods more so than maybe like the personal consumer side for like these numbers as far as the consumer spending is, is concerned. But that's also a data point to watch. So we'll get that Thursday morning. And then finally, the biggie is going to be Friday morning when we get the actual unemployment rate for November. That thing comes out fairly quick right after the month ends. And if you remember the last one that we got in November for October was at 3.7. This is estimated to come in at uh, for November at 3.7 as well. I think we, Gilbert and I were speculating last week, and I think he said, what, 3.9? I said 3.7. Yes. Would you say 3.9? I, I think I said now's 3 .9. I'm asking you. Well, I guess it's recorded, but I was going to say now's the time to change it. Um, <laughs> no, I think I said 3.9. Both of us think it's going to be sub four. And those things, just, it doesn't tend to move like this. This metric economic uh, data point doesn't tend to move around like that much or that easily. So I really think that it's going to be sub four. But where where it is, we really, here's, here's the... Uh, almost said doomsday. It's not doomsday scenario. It's just the, the bad, the worst case scenario is that the number just comes in under 3.7, which means the labor market remains tight. The unemployment rate for some reason is contracting. Um, it's not following the trend that Gilbert was just elaborating on where it looks like it's kind of easing up because you would expect that. We would expect that because of the Fed continuing to raise interest rates this, interest rates this year, but that has remained to be seen. So yeah, um, anything sub 3.7, bad. It's not going to be real good. bad. Right. This, the, <laughs> it would continue whatever started today, this morning, right? Or this, in, in Monday. I'm going to go return all the Christmas presents I bought right. over the weekend <laughs> if, if it comes in at 3.5. Like, no, nah, man, that one's from last year. You can't return that. <laughs> anything under 3.7, I'm going to take them back. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, here's the other one because the unemployment rate is pretty vanilla as far as that metrics are concerned, but the non-farm payrolls, a lot of analysts, market participants, 
uh, so on and so forth, really like this data point because it's the actual number of jobs that were added. Um, or I'm sorry, am I saying that right? Right, yeah. yeah. So like, so if that's coming in, same thing. So it, we would expect the, the wave to continue to push that direction. So if you're looking at a data point that has a hiring number, we would expect that to get smaller, right? As the feds continue to raise interest rates. If you're looking at how many people are unemployed, we'd expect that number to get bigger. Uh, but non-farm payrolls is a biggie. Um, and of course, we get that in in conjunction with unemployment rate, and that because that was the that was the big one last time for the October rate was, uh, and actually, as a matter of fact, hold on, because I have, let's go, let's go here. Let me look at this. Um, so Friday, let's take a look and see the trend in non non farm payrolls here because we did cover this the last time we had this on the show. Yeah, so. This is the number of jobs being added on a monthly basis, and you would expect it to start to shrink. And you can kind of see a little bit of a trend there. Over the summer, it's kind of remained low. July had a pretty big spike. Um, but the last two months, um, September and October, would have been in line with that, that trend. So uh, it is expected to come in, or I think around 200,000. Um, last month's was 261,000. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a big uh, hurdle to get over there for the fit. 260 or less would be good in my number, in my book. Um, anything above 260 would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's same same concept, yeah. expressed a different way, right? Yeah, maybe I don't go run and return on my Christmas presents, but uh, it's, it's still going to not, not uh, foreshadow good things coming in a Fed announcement in December. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see what else we got here. I got, uh, let's see, what else you want to do before, because I, I got some funnies for us today. Well, speaking of um, Black Friday and what have you. Yeah, let's talk you know, about so, that a little bit. Some of the speculation is that Black Friday wouldn't be as good or strong as, as previous years. And um, if you read any of the news articles over the weekend or even today, Black Friday actually probably wasn't that bad. Um, there right. there might have been some growth there. Uh, it certainly wasn't a record, but it was it was certainly you know better than than what had been expected. Um, I, I don't think there was a collapse in consumer spending, but we might be getting pretty close there because as we talked about last week, we've started to see credit card balances start to trickle up, and at some point, the consumer is going to have to tap out and say, "I'm done. Can't can't spend anymore. No, no mas. No. Yeah. I already spent all my savings." Um, I've run up my credit card balances to an unsustainable level with interest rates going up. We all know if you carry a credit card balance, interest rates right now are, are probably 15, 20% plus. Ooh, they're um, super steep. Yeah. And, they're and steep anyway to begin yeah, with. For, for sure. For sure. It's the most expensive borrowing you can do other than payday loans, I think. Uh, I've never done <laughs> yeah. a payday loan, but I'm, I, I hear it's pretty bad. Um, so we'll see. And then, of course, today, smack dab, like you said, in the middle of um, Cyber Monday, we'll see how those those trends look. I, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in, in some of those numbers only because inflation is so stinking high still. Right. And and that was the other thing I was reading this morning was, OK, so Black Friday, had I saw everything from 2.3 percent increase to 9 percent increase for sales. Of course, it was a nine billion dollar Black Friday supposedly reportedly um which was a record but when you index that for inflation it's not nearly as big as it would have you would have thought so like if for example if 
all things being equal, just simple math. If it was a 2.3% increase on sales year over year, okay, well, inflation's been hanging out around 7 8% this year. That's not a positive real number once you net out the inflation. Right. Um, so there's, there's, there's dialogue to be had there about that. Um, does it do any good? I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's all because the reason that there is dialogue to be had there is all of it's related to the U.S. consumer. And is that are they going to carry us through the the potential recession we might be facing uh, next year? All right. No, no bad mojo. So keep that away. I know, right? Right. No, we, right. Well, although, we did hear. We did hear. Um, what was the quote you had earlier that you told me? Inch yes, deep, mile wide. That's right. I heard a quote this weekend. I read an article from. Uh, on CNBC from UBS, they were quoting an analyst there, an economics analyst there that said, in their opinion, they thought uh, a that we are going to have a recession next year. However, it would be an inch deep and a mile wide, which which really just says that it would not be real severe, but it would be impactful for everybody across the board in every industry. So, you know, it, if you're going to have a recession, I, I guess... You know, an inch deep and a mile wide is is better than, um, you know, a mile deep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah, inch inch wide and a mile deep, um, like we had COVID during maybe. COVID. Exactly. It, it was it was boom. It was really short, but man, it was steep. It was it would make your head spin. Yeah. So, right. uh, I, I think you know, an inch deep and a mile wide is is still not good. Um, and, and as we've talked many times before, if you're on the receiving end of a pink slip during the, this economy, anytime, um, you know, it's not a recession, it's a depression for you. Uh, but the, the one positive thing is that it seems like businesses are still hiring. There's still plenty of room in the labor market for people to get hired again if they want to. May not be the job you want, may not be doing what you were doing before. It may not be at the rate you were getting before, but there's a job out there. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, if, if, if you're going to have a recession, I, I suppose an inch deep and a mile wide is um, okay. Right. And maybe that's another way to, to describe a soft landing of sorts. Ah, yes, yes. You know, not a, not, a, not a rocky, bumpy landing, but if it is shallow like that, uh, as long as know. the plane doesn't explode, yeah. we all get burned to death. <laughs> Everybody survives. That's right. Yeah. Everybody survives. Well, okay. All right. I don't want to be in a plane crash, but if we're going to have one, um, rather it be that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. Getting burned to death is not something that yeah, not. is exciting or is on the top of my bucket list. Right. Uh, speaking of getting burned, here's some here's some funnies for us. <laughs> Maybe close out on, on a funny note there. Um, as long as you don't have anything else you want to add about no, 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 Black no, that, Friday or Cyber Monday. I like that one. I like that one. This that's one's funny. I know because like I feel like, you know, it, it reminds me of my first experience with retail sales right out of college. I had a job slinging mattresses for a little while uh, and it was high sales, like high hardcore sales environment. But every single week was a sale, right? Like every single day was like something and it and and I mean, they have it down. There's a, it serves its purpose. I get it. Uh, but I had never seen stuff like that before. And this is real. It's like, I just switched the price around and maybe they discount it, but it just <laughs> rotates. It's like, well, in an, in 30 days, we'll have that sale again, but it'll be named something different. So there you go. There you go. Um, 
high and then even like this morning on the lead you and i were talking about gilbert the consumer driven economy that we live in society for that matter so uh the sad thing is that stuff like this works it does retailers get one over on us all the time because know, um, they, they just have to say well look at this we're we're giving it away at 500 bucks um <laughs> right because it's usually more than that trust us yeah I swear mm -hmm. i promise yeah you're like oh okay okay i also read you know there's like a bunch of I'm into that financial psychology stuff, but like yeah, there's, this makes, yeah, exactly yeah, right. yeah, but like this makes me think of, I read this study one time that showed uh, consumers picking a bottle of wine and it was out of three bottles of wine and they had a low, medium and high price one. And it, most of them picked the one in the middle because it was like, oh, I don't want the cheap one. I don't want the expensive one. Well, they moved, they, they only gave them three choices and then they moved the price around on all three of those but kept it within like a certain ratio they still picked majority of them still picked the one in the middle that's crazy <laughs> that is pretty crazy. just because they didn't want to get the cheaper option and it was like well you could have been in a spot where the the top tiered option in one location was the bottom tiered option in another one but our brains we just don't process stuff like right. that on average you know and, and consumers do that on everything from wine selection to surgery <laughs> Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, why do people die in, you know, Puerto Rico or or um, where's the other Dominican Republic or Mexico for doing cosmetic surgery? Well, I'm going to go over there and get my tummy tuck done for 600 bucks. Um, they didn't mention I, to you that you laid up in a hotel room. Dude. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. You 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 forgot to factor in the uh, part about you could potentially die. Yeah, the uh, risk profile is a little yeah, bit different there, yeah, sir. Come on, man. Uh, now, now, granted, you know, do you want to pay seventeen thousand dollars for your tummy tuck here in the U.S.? No, I can understand why you don't want to do that. But if if uh, somebody offers you the same surgery in Mexico for two thousand, that, that should set off alarm bells in your head. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. And, and yeah. why did I pick tummy tuck? I don't know. Maybe that's my Freudian slip showing. It's fun I need to, to do it's one. Fun to say. Tommy tuck, Tommy tuck. Some alliteration there. Okay. Uh, these are going to bounce all over the place, too. So just. That's so a good know. one. I like that. This one was a political cartoon, and I thought it was kind of funny. It summed up all of our conversations about FTX the other day. Oh, uh, yes, yes. And uh, it's got a lot going on there. But... Mm, laundry machine or washing machine? <laughs> what does that tell you? He's collecting those U.S. dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Says he's going to do good for the world. DOJ turning their back on him, and you got the, <laughs> the people funneling the cash over here. Um, and I don't know if this is supposed to be a, like, is this a jackass? A, is this a political reference? Yes, yes. That's a, because he was a, a big donkey. donor to uh, Democratic yeah, causes. Yeah, so I was going to say, yeah. but what's the rhino about? Uh, well, Republicans in name only. <laughs> well, I thought that was, uh, I thought it was the elephant, right? Well, the, the Republicans typically, yeah, their their mascot is the elephant, but rhinos um, you know those those are that's a term of insult to some republicans because if you're a republican in name only that means you're a democrat you're just a republican in name only okay i understand yeah all right yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh anyway i like this one oh, I thought yeah it was that's good. a that's a really good political commentary on on uh, why old SBF isn't in jail yet. Yeah, and that's the caption too. Like, if you can't see the picture, it literally says, "Well, Sam isn't in jail." Explained. Well, and part of it too is that he's in the Bahamas, and yeah, um, yeah, it's outside of U.S. oversight. We talked all about that. Yep, yep, we sure did. We talked about that. Um, okay, let's see what we got next. This uh, 
Oh, I had a I had a question for you. I didn't go Google this, but is that really Nancy Pelosi? Uh, you know, I don't know, but I'm sure we can Google. It. I should. She was probably what twenty years young. old or something. I mean, dude, at first glance, it looks like her. We always want to verify that stuff with the internet nowadays. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't know, but boy, that sure does look like her. Well, she's 80. I was going to say, do the math. Two, 83 years old. That adds up. She would have been like a teenager. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In this, in 60, what, three? Six. Uh, mid or early 60s. Yeah. When, when JFK was in office. 62. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that sounds about right. I mean, that's you, probably her. I guess it's legitimate. Old school. It depends where you got it from, though. You know, you always got to consider the source. Yes. I know. Right. <laughs> and, and of course, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, these, uh, these two, I think you might like these. This is those prophets you mentioned from 2021. Are they in the room with us right now? It's <laughs> by the IRS. <laughs> uh, that's funny. And, and the guy's face is like, he's like petrified. Yeah. Either that or he's disassociating. He's trying to figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. You better dis you better have your attorney with you when you're talking to the IRS because uh, you never know about those people. Dude, I know. Okay. One more. Well, this I got one between this one and the other IRS one. Uh, once again, I didn't go out and like scoop up all this. This was from an Instagram account. Uh, I could imagine that it probably was real and they just made a quick meme about it. But apparently it was of this building. You know, it says it's not Citibank, Bank of America, or Goldman Sachs. It's a tiny rural bank with three employees. FTX valued at $115 million. So I'm assuming they, they owned it on their balance sheet at some point. But just... Weird, man. You remember there was a, and this was in the movie The Big Short, but the way that they described Mark Baum, I think his name was, um, and his associates. I guess he was at Morgan Stanley, maybe or whatever. It was a, it was an advisor. They were in New York, and they got a phone call about the real estate market. Someone, and it was the wrong number, and then they ended up. And I don't know if that was true, but but they did. Basically, they just peeled the layers back, and they're like, oh, we're gonna go look at these mortgages that are in these bonds and they were just that's when they're like oh they're trash right so they looked and i feel like this is like could have been a similar case given that given that this if this is true right it's like if someone would have looked uh i would have thought that they would have been like mm, i don't kind of seems weird i don't I think, know i think that all follows under the falls under the category of due diligence yeah it's it won exactly what we were just showing trust. like right but verify i think a very wise old president ronald reagan what that was his uh, mantra trust but verify i'll trust everything you say but i'm gonna verify it. i'm gonna verify it too just to be sure i can believe what you're saying because um you know when, when you have huge scams like this that occur most of the time it's because people didn't verify people right. didn't do due diligence people didn't actually look to see what was going on um they just took somebody's word for it yeah i just like uh so it's like the stuff that was on their balance sheet mm -hmm. could have known if you would have looked well, uh, well hell you if you would have asked to see their balance sheet you'd have never they didn't ever provided one to you You're right didn't yeah. have one apparently <laughs> okay this is the last one I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> that's bad that is that's pretty funny. funny that is pretty funny. Poor Biden, the, the, the sad thing is that the irs is your partner in everything you do as business owners, yes. as private individuals, as um, they're your silent partner, silent partner in every freaking thing you do. I have a customer right now who is, you know, and um, got some serious capital gain issues, which, you know, of course, is, you know, great because that means you made money. But right. the, the problem is that um, the 
the IRS has their arm around you and saying, you're my new best friend. Uh, they're, they're dying for you to file that tax return so they can, so you can, you can pay them some extra tax. They want, they need their money too. Yeah. 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 They, they do. They need their money. Uh, okay. So this one, I like this one, just threw it in the mix, but this is more for the corporate world. Uh, but I thought it was funny, just the cat's face about <laughs> because I do remember when we were when we were working for the bank. I mean, there was there was stuff that had to take place in that time period that made it a lot more hectic, um, just because you're crunching everything together. And a lot of times people are out of town, so you're kind of if you're there and you're the one stuck that you're doing the work, you're picking up the slack for some other people. But well, you're uh, you're working on a reduced shift. I mean, so there's there's a lot of people out on vacation. There's a lot of people out enjoying the holidays and then you have customers that come in like the last day something is possible and they want you to do it like yesterday and doggone it hurry up so yeah, yeah that, that was a real thing i mean we we were always working under crunch time sometimes and uh, unfortunately in the customer service business a client's emergency becomes your problem um which you know yeah, in in the world of customer service, that's not a good position to be in, but you, you, you are in customer service. That's so part of your job. It's, it's part of the job. get it done. That's um, right. So there was, there was very little sympathy from management about that. And, um, you know, there, there's a middle ground in there somewhere, but yeah, Amen. yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta crunch the numbers and get things done ASAP. Yeah. It's like, this is like an elevated or more extravagant version of like Sunday night anxiety. It's like a real thing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and and working where we used to work, I know you used to have that all the time. I think oh, yeah, everybody did. Yeah, not so much anymore. No, just, we don't have that problem. Yeah, all okay. of our anxiety now is self-induced. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, okay, we're gonna end on a positive one. Uh, this is from my buddy Clint Fiore from. Uh, oh man, they just changed their name. Bison Business. Okay. Texas Business Buyers. Mm -mm, they I changed know. it. Oh, they changed Texas, it. It's Bison Business Partners, I think, or Bison Business. Anyway, interesting. Um, yes, they're business brokerage. So uh, he posted that th this morning. He's big on some social media, but where, and I guess this is from a guy named David Henning, but I love the analogy they're doing here. So imagine you're playing Monopoly, never buying any assets or investments that generate income. Imagine you just went around collecting $200 every time you pass go, and then you give your money to the rich and try to stay out of jail. That's how most people live their life. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? That is pretty good. I thought it was like really that. clever. That is pretty uh, clever. So, yeah, you know, and that's that's one of the things that, especially with the curriculum, that the financial literacy curriculum that we've developed here, Gilbert, is like, that's such a big sticking point when I'm talking to people is like understanding the buckets, right, of like where your money goes. It goes somewhere, whether you hide it under your mattress or you put it in the bank, you you, you, think, you think you're not using it, it still goes into one of those buckets, right? It either gets consumed, goes up and goes into something, goes up in value over time, or has the potential to, or goes into something that goes down in value over time. So just being aware of that one fact and where your money's going can do a lot for your financial health and your financial well-being. Amen. Are you making somebody else rich or are you making yourself rich? There you go. You know, and I, I always say producer versus consumer. Mm -hmm. You want to try to be the producer as many times as you can in the equation. Sometimes that's not possible, but the less you're the in consumer, the better off usually you are for your financial picture.
Yeah, whether, whether you're talking about interest that you're paying to a bank, a mortgage company, a non-financial company, if you're paying interest, you're making somebody else rich. Don't do right. that or, or try to reduce that as much as possible. Um, that's, a, that's a tough situation. And if you think you're going to get rich off of having a car, I got news for you. That thing goes down in value. Yeah, and then if you borrow money to buy the thing that goes down in value, you're just adding insult to injury. Yes, pretty much. Yes, and, but, and the the people that are financing you are loving it, loving it. Yeah, they are. Yeah, you you uh, you you're allowing them to make payroll. Yep, yep. Uh, you're allowing them to buy a mansion and send their kids to college. Um, and, that's and there's, right. There's there's nothing wrong with their kids going to college, but you shouldn't be sending them. And and do you need a car? Sure, you do. And this day and age you need a car most of the time but it doesn't have to be a $65,000 pickup that's right um yes it, it can be and, and if you can do that great but you know maybe it, it can be done in a $20,000 pickup or a $5,000 pickup I knew right. I know I drove a pretty ratty little old car for a long time long time it's like you were just saying maybe it's not the job that you wanted or was comparable to the one you had but it's a job it's a job that's right <laughs> uh, yeah the, the biggest source of you know our most people's personal wealth is going to be their ability to generate income from employment uh and, and you know you got to protect that you got to protect that right. and, and whatever you can do to maximize your earnings over time is probably pretty good i was reading a stat from our friend dave ramsey um, uh, he, he did a big survey of millionaires and, and Dave Ramsey, if you don't know, who heard he about is, that. Yeah. He, he's a, uh, did 10,000 was the number. Something like that. Yeah. It was a large number. He did a, a pretty accurate, or I guess a very big survey of millionaires. And one of the top three positions or, or jobs that, um, well, I, I don't know if it was the top three uh, positions, but it, it was in the top. It, it was one of the most common job titles that people had in that survey of millionaires. And guess what it was? What? Teachers. Oh, really? Teachers. Yes. Uh, one of the, the largest categories of millionaires, self-made, by the way, was teachers. Teachers have, and he, and he explained it very well. He said, teachers develop plans and execute on the plans. And, and it's, it's something that they do that they're versed in regularly because that's what they do. They, they structure education plans and then they carry them out, but then they're disciplined about it too. It's the same thing every day, all the time on a regular basis. And a lot of these teachers, you, you don't have to make a lot of money to be a millionaire. Now you're not going to be a millionaire real quick, but over time, you can be. Yes. And and so it, it, the key sometimes is just time. It's time, consistency, um, being smart about what you're doing. Um, you don't have to be a rocket scientist or, a, you know, work in technology to right. be a millionaire. But it doesn't hurt either. Um, and, and even if you never get that job, you can still do very well over time if you put some effort into it. That that survey, I just want to add, because I, I forgot I actually know about that. I was listening to something he was doing, an appearance he had this weekend, and 
He said, so like statistically, I think the sample size of the survey they originally did was like 750. And it was someone else's work um, that he was referencing off of that. And they were trying to duplicate that survey. They went for 7,500 and they ended up doing 10,000. So should have been a, it's a significant sample size, statistically speaking. And you're right. That was, he also said, it, it's interesting you said that because this is the gist or the summary of what I heard him say was basically kind of similar to what you said, just in a different way. And he just he said that it was more habitual. So people that get rich quickly, uh, whether they sign an NFL contract, um, you know, some kind of influencer thing, uh, musician, some something, they lottery winner they get it quick they lose it they tend there tends to be more risk of them losing it as opposed to someone that got it and developed it over a longer period of time which is just what you're talking about because it's habitual right and that's like one of the things we've always talked about too with that curriculum and financial psychology is if you focus on developing the habits you don't have to focus on the outcome the outcome will follow you just focus on developing the right financial habits and then the rest of the stuff will will come into play when it should uh, and that's and there's also the you know it makes me think about there's a book called the psychology of money and there's a good uh, summary of it synopsis of it on YouTube it's like a cliff note version and it starts off talking about the janitor that you know made eight million dollars but they did it slowly had a net worth that's, that's right that's yes yeah, right so one of the other interesting things about that uh, survey that, that Dave Ramsey always talks about is has nothing to do with where you started out in life has nothing to do or very little to do with getting an inheritance. It has nothing to do or very little to do with what your skin color is, what your, what your education level is, what, none of that stuff. It's simply doing the right things from a young age and doing it over time and repeatedly doing it, like you said, making it a habit. It, it, it's, um, it's, it's amazing what happens with, uh, compounding, yes, and the um, interest, or, or or what what is it they say? Compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, compound it, interest, it, the eighth it, wonder of the world. It 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 can it can serve you, or it can ruin you. And when you when you borrow money, it ruins you. When you use compound interest to your advantage, um, it serves you. It as serves a, a, a as humongous. a saver. Yes, versus it, a consumer. It's amazing. So um, there you go. That there's my soapbox yeah no talk. that's good that's good maybe we can we look at doing like a expansion part of a show on that but. oh yeah, yeah maybe we need to do a series of shows about that. okay guys thank you so much uh that'll do it for us today we will catch you back here tomorrow morning and don't forget please share our show on facebook linkedin youtube and all places where podcasts are possible thank you all so much we will catch y'all tomorrow morning have a wonderful afternoon